The views expressed on this Turnbuckle Tabloid live stream or Turnbuckle Tabloid podcast episode do not reflect the views, thoughts, or opinions of the RageWorks brand, including the RageWorks podcast network, RageWorks content partners, advertisers, and affiliates. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the one and only Brian Idol, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Tabloid with three assholes. <laughs> my, my dick got hard. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Lift off. God, as many of you who listen to the show know, this is my favorite time of season. It really isn't, though. I can't stand the fucking summer. I hate anything heat related. I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to just be a miserable wreck. You know, I get just depleted every time the summer starts. But for you, the listeners, and for those in Wrestle Universe, I must Push forward and do the show for you because that's just what I do here, here at Turnbuckle Tabloid. With that, I also share with you the ultimate sacrifice that I need to, I needed to make this past week. Um, I came down with, I'm, I'm gonna say that because you know I WebMD myself and I just had to go through my own self diagnoses, but I, uh, I believe I came down with gastritis, right? And um. When I tell you it was a debilitating pain, like I really didn't want to do anything. And it um, shut me down, actually. It kind of sucked because Super Producer Sally wanted to take me out uh, for Father's Day. And um, I was unable to eat because of the pain. And um, luckily that she she was going through her own um, pains as well. So we just... uh, Took out food to go and ate it later. But that 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 day I was in such a uh, depleted and worn out position. I could I couldn't even I had to call out of work that night. So in any case, after um looking up some stuff to get, got a you know, gas X, a guy I was trying to get like um um like Dokalex, uh, that that citrus uh, cell, whatever that shit is, that liquid fucking laxative to push everything and none of that none of that helped i thought it was just going to be an easy night so then finally um during the night the pain somewhat subsided i was i I actually able to sleep comfortably and stuff and um i felt that as long as i was able to pass gas either burping or farting whatever it was getting better then for the next couple of days, I would it would the pain wasn't as much, but it was a little it, it was still hanging around. It was just uncomfortable. I feel like I'm about to do a commercial here. So after finally doing more research about what the gastritis is or where what it um where it stems from, I realized that 
I'm only and I'm, I'm saying this because you guys might have to deal with this as well. So this is where it might be coming from. So gastritis comes from excessive drinking. Now I drink, but I'm not a um, hardcore daily drinker. I only drink recreationally on my nights off. So it's maybe might be maybe the most two times a week, if that. Um. Also. They said food and such diets, and I've been kind of paying attention to my diet because uh, he, I, I've been I've been working out and losing weight, so it wasn't really so much of that. But then I realized that one of the symptoms also was pain relievers, and I had been taking uh, some pain relievers recently for um, headaches that I were I, I was getting, and these are these are just random headaches that would occur, and usually would happen at night when I'm at work when I'm starting work, so I would just take one. And it uh, subsided the, the headache. So I was like, oh, it could be that. I said, okay. Finally, I was looking up other um, other uh, uh, medications, over-the-counter medications to get rid of, you know, get rid of the gastritis. You know, it was like Pepsid and whatever shit, but that, that didn't work for me either. So finally, I came, ac- I came across Kaopeptate. So I said, well, isn't that like for like diarrhea or some shit like that? But it also said that it helps to kill the bacteria f- from the gastritis, but it also helped to open up the, the lanes. And I bought it, and within minutes, gone. I, the pain was gone. Uh, I was farting like regular, and the floodgates had opened up. Hallelujah! So it, it was it was a struggle for the past for the past couple of days, and I was kind of pissed because I had some some plans, and I was going, God, I hope this doesn't intervene in my plans because oh my God, I, I I'm I'm going to be so uncomfortable. But sure enough, smooth sailing, and I was able to clean out the pipeline. So, how was your week? Welcome everybody to another episode of. Turnbuckle Tabloid. I'm your host, Mr. Ear to the Matt, the King of Talk Style, and as always, the Cheap Thrill, G the Red Sense Be sure you check us out on all the social media. I'll check us out on the Like It group page on Facebook. Make sure you check us out on Instagram at Turnbuckle Tab, as well as on Twitter at Turnbuckle Tab. And always be sure you check us out on all the streaming outlets that we have available on YouTube, Twitch, TikTok, under Turnbuckle Tabloid. Also, check us out on all podcasting outlets at Google Play, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you can get a podcast, that's where we're available. We're everywhere across the globe, ladies and gentlemen. So make sure you check us out on all the podcasting outlets. And if not, you could always go to RageWorksNetwork.com to check out the fam. The fam is always there, ready, ready, and ready for your um, for your listening needs. Uh, download, subscribe, be a part of the vibe at Turnbuckle Tabloid and with the RageWorks family. And also, check out the, the family at RageWorks.net. RageWorks.net has... Everything under the sun when it comes to all the things geeky, video games, movies, TV shows, collectibles, comic books. It's all it's all there for you, ladies and gentlemen, at RageWorks.net. RageWorks.net. We do it for the culture, baby. Pop culture, that is. So this week, we're just going to give you a general synopsis of what went down this week on uh, Forbidden Door. I want to give our review of that as well as maybe some news maybe some um cutting a promo who knows i'm 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 flying by the seat of my pants ladies and gentlemen and i'm not wearing any pants boom boom 
Yeah, thank you. So, uh, guys, don't go anywhere. Stick around. We might we have much to talk about, and um, don't go anywhere. Check you guys in a sec. What's going on, everybody? Tony G here, better known to the world as Josie's boy, aka your girl's favorite artist. And today, I'm here to tell you about my company. Painting in Blue. Painting in Blue is a creative process established in 2017 and we specialize in handmade custom leather goods. We coined the term luxury minimalism because we believe even in your everyday life, no matter how much running around you have to do, you can still stand out and be fly. We create everything from luxury handbags to wallets and some of the best leathers you can find that you would love to carry on a day-to-day basis. So if you believe in looking fly while you handle your business while pushing fashion forward, make sure you guys go to paintinginblue.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at underscore painted in blue on Instagram and on Facebook at painted in blue. AEW spectacular. So I had to go into this this event, right? And once again, I have to remember that this is a a, a card that's booked on just fantasy booking. Nothing really leading up from uh, storylines and such. Maybe just a handful of them, but everything else was just fantasy booking. I had to go into it that mindset. Also, I had to go into the mindset as well as that this is just a supposed to be a fun show oh so i was like okay this is this is basically fight forever the AEW game that's coming out this week which i did order i said i had to order it i wasn't gonna order it because i was like ah, I'm, I'm invested in 2k23 but i ordered it because i said hey knowing me i have to do it i'm a collectible can't let it walk away from me and b i'm really i really am interested to see how this game is i i saw some specs and i saw some uh um some copy on how and what they're doing with the game so i was i was interested to see what's going on with it so i said all right so i should be having my uh game here by tomorrow i order i ordered it from um, gamestop so uh i go into this mindset with the to 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 just watch this just for the fun of it and i have to tell you that I was I was pleased by what was the outcome. So I'm going to give you guys just my synopsis of the night match by match. The matches were they were it was supposed to, well they were it was 14 matches altogether. One was scratched because Adam Cole wasn't cleared uh due to health concerns. His match with Tom Lawler, so that ended up uh being a match with uh, Tom Lola versus Serpentico, which I heard it was a dark match, so I, I, I guess it went well. None of us saw it, right? Uh, these were matches that were on zero hour, which I thought was cool that they actually took. They were able to knock out four matches uh, within, no, five, actually. Uh, it was about five matches that were knocked out within zero hour. 
Uh, first one was, like I said, Tom Lola versus Pentico. Uh, we then had the Mogul Embassy versus uh, Chaos, which was actually a pretty good match. I, I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't too, um, uh, it, it didn't last too long and it, uh, it served its purpose as an eight man tag. We then had gotten uh, Athena versus Billy Starks, which Billy Starks is not bad. I actually see uh, an upswing with her. I, I know there's a lot of people who know of her and don't know of her wrestling. I've maybe seen a couple of matches with her, but I um I have to say that I was pretty impressed with her. Still a little green here and there. Probably the nerves was in her, but uh, other than that, match wasn't too bad for my account. Athena gets the win there. Uh, El Fantasmo. Uh, versus uh, Stu Grayson. That kid is talented. I, I've seen him a few times. I've actually seen him live as well. The kid, uh, the kid is the kid is um. He should be stateside, even for just a couple of months. But uh, his match with, with, with Stu Grayson wasn't um, um wasn't bad either. Like I said, I, I I was watching these as okay. Just you know, let's let's have fun today. This is just going to be fun viewing. Um, we didn't get uh, United Empire, Jeff Cobb, Kyle Fletcher, and uh, TJP going up against uh, Los Ingonables de Hapiong, um, which uh, which was another fun match as well. So one of those matches, like one of those nices that is just just watch it, just watch it, and they all fit nicely and snug for the zero hour. We then get to. The opening of the night, we get uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus MJF. I wasn't sure whether or not I really cared about this match. And rightfully so, because not one of the better MJF matches. I really think that I'm not sure um, if he really cared about doing this match like legitimately i know he was he was playing his heel shit um about new japan being just a an indie fed and such but i i really believe that he didn't have it going in with this match there was you know of course he did his whole heel stuff walking away walking out of the ring um having uh, uh you know tanahashi um Calling, having the crowd chime in with calling him a coward. It, it, it was, you know, everything played to very heelish matter, uh, matters. And for it go, to go the way that it did, I was more shocked that it went 15 minutes. I really thought that this could have been a quicker match, especially how the result was, in which, of course, uh, Max used the, the ring to, to, get, to get the win. Uh, not, one of, not one of his better matches. I think this was just one of those that was just, um, I don't know, just just to open a card. We then get for the men's Owen Hart Cup tournament, the first round match, we get uh, Kojima versus CM Punk. Wasn't surprised with the reception that Punk got. Punk is getting very heelish, um, heelish, uh, uh, um, uh, of, um, feelings from the from the crowd, they're 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 reverberating towards, um, I guess the 
news articles and such. They're giving him, they're giving him shit. You got, you got his, your mixed bag there. But I also uh, like that because he plays off of it well. I thought uh, this his first singles match since coming back. I guess Kojima made a lot of sense, especially uh, what we wanted to see was he, he versus Kenta. And, of course, we weren't going to get that. Uh, just contractually, it, didn't, it looks like it didn't line up right. And uh, parties weren't in, um, in the best conditions to put that together. So maybe down the line we'll see it. Who knows? Is, this, is that going to be our new Sting versus Undertaker that we may never see this match? Who knows? Any case, um, fun match to watch, especially with Punk being Punk. He um, knows how to work off the crowd, seeing as though that, um, for the most part, the crowd were giving them the, the, the heel the, the, the heel side love. And um, Kojima being such a 25-year vet in the business, he was automatically over with that fan base. Best part of the match and i'm so glad that i paid it i paid attention to this match i was i was so cute and like i said i watched this match i watched them the whole night in general for the fun of it and this was the best part of it for me not only the match but probably the night uh punk has kojima in the corner and he starts hitting him with the clotheslines a short arm lariat and he starts hitting him with the lariats and he plays off the um interview with he with he and um Samoa Joe discussing their friend, their boy, Homicide, and how much Homicide is such a big fan of Kojima. And Punk is known to do a really good um homicide impression, so much so that I actually rip him off when I do it. And mind you, and I know the guy. So I um <laughs> I'm watching and he starts hitting him and it's Lariat Lariat Kojima Kojima and I just start laughing I was because I got it instantly and um after he does he does his set he turns to the camera and he says that's for you D love you and I immediately I just immediately text homicide and I was like dude did you see that that was pretty. That was really cool. Um, shout out to Punk for that. That was actually cool looking at uh, shouting out the fam. Other than that, the match was, like I said, legitimately fun to watch. Kojima still Kojima. And um, can't say that I have watched him uh, many times, but anytime I did watch him and his matches through the years, it, it's um, it's a pleasure to see nonetheless because the guy for, for, for as many years he's been in the business, He's putting on such a... He still looks good. He looks real good. Next up, we get for the Fatal 4-Way International Championship match, we get um, Daniel Garcia, uh, Shibata, Zack Sabre Jr., and Orange Cassidy. Honestly, I could have taken this match in uh, singles mode. I didn't need a Fatal 4-Way with this. If you'd have just gave me Orange Cassidy versus Zack Sabre Jr. and Shibata versus Garcia, that would have been fine by me. Or interchange it. Whatever. You could have you could have mixed the matches anywhere else. I, I really didn't care. As a four-way, really didn't do much for me. I wasn't much of a fan of this. 
And of course, Arch Cassidy gets the win here. Uh, for the singles, uh, IWGP World Heavyweight title, we had Jungle Boy Jack Perry versus Sonata. Um, I, once again, another match that I really didn't care for. I mean, it, was, it, it wasn't terrible, but I really didn't have anything invested in here. I didn't really care. Sonata is always going to be Sonata. I always enjoy his matches, and Jungle Boy is just you know. And I guess I guess they're writing a way of of realizing that Jungle Boy is more of a douche, uh, and that that's being um, sold to the crowd since it was uh, him being the the face of their company, one of the pillars. Because what happened that was the more um, eventful. Um, moment of the of the night was jungle boy turning on hook and clotheslining him on the top of the ramp i thought what sold it the most was taz on commentary and him selling the fact of his son being attacked that the way he did and taz making comments like i'm true i'm trying to do everything in my power to be a professional i'm i'm, I'm staying seating here because what i really want to do right now is just any Sold it very, very well, and um, and he kept and he kept saying, "That's a gr- I got I got I got to emphasize that's a grown man up there. That's a grown man up there that's got to do his business. That's a grown man up there." I thought that that was very cru- crucial and key to putting th- their relationship over on how to treat that situation. It's not many times that you can. Get that kayfabe breaking kayfabe moment, but I thought that it was very, uh, very professional and very solid creatively to do. Shout out to Taz for that. Next up, we get in a 10 man tag, we get the Elite versus the BCC um, with uh, special guest appearances by Eddie Kingston and uh, Ishii, Ishii, and uh, I'm uh, again, the Eddie Kingston factor in this match is amazing. It is somebody posted in a in a group um, that Eddie Kingston is uh, a megastar, and I had to say, yeah, uh, no, no. Eddie is very charismatic. Eddie is very sharp. Eddie takes the business very, very serious, very much. And Megastar, no. But you did see, especially when it comes to that audience and that and that, that crowd, that environment, his effect on the masses. When he and Moxley faced off, Eddie doesn't sell you bullshit facially. When you speak to Eddie and you see and he's and how he is. Eddie's the same guy that you see in the ring, same guy that you see in the locker room, same guy that you see at a signing. It's all across the board. And that's what makes Eddie why he's so um, polarizing with the masses. Uh, everybody else in this match, of course, you get your Young Bucks um, spots, which I wasn't upset with. I thought those, those were, were fine. Um, the exchange between uh, Takahashi and... Um, um, and um, Takahashi, excuse me, um, Takeshka and um, 
and Ishii was solid, especially the one that looked as though that uh, uh, Takeshka knocked out Ishii. So um, that was cool. Uh, match went a little bit too long for me, but it was a 10-man tag. But I guess this is around the time where I'm like, uh, yeah, the yawning will start setting in. But maybe that was, that was it. But you know, regardless of that, no, nah, it wasn't bad. Nonetheless, it was all right. Next up, we get uh, Tony Storm versus Willow Nightingale. I'm going to be honest with you. I can't remember a thing from this match. Nothing. And it's not, and it's not anything to, to um, lay on the women. But like I said, it was one of those instances where I was starting to get hit by wrestling fatigue because this, this, this show was running way too long by my standards. But um. I would have to, you know, give you guys my honest opinion next time I go back and I watch it, uh, watch the match again. We then get uh, Kenny Omega versus Osprey for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. This one was what everybody was waiting for, and they got what they wanted. I was pleased with this. This was a New Japan match. Sure, there was, you know, you had your spots, the um, chop sessions here and there, but it wasn't as excessive until, you know, you see what went down later on storytelling-wise. Will Ospreay has probably become um, such a strong gravitational pull when you're, Watching him, not only athletically in the ring, but his selling, his his facials, his ability to uh, convey his heelish ways without having to say and do much. There's that point of the match where he snatches the Canadian flag and he does the Shawn Michaels thing. And he rubs it between his legs and he put it up his nose and he was goofing on it. I loved every moment of his 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 heelish bad guy anti canada antics kenny sold very well of how um spent he was during the match the only thing that bothered me in this match was the um don callis factor in it how do you how do you throw someone out of a match then he's allowed by the referees have, in, in AEW have to be the most stupidest fucking individuals in the history of wrestling. Say what you want about the writing, the book in the case, maybe you make your, your referees look like fucking idiots. And, and don't get me started about the whole Aubrey Edwards shit. That, that that's another thing. But, um, Callis gets thrown out mid, uh, uh, early on in the match. He returns back. The referee, you know, is oblivious to, uh, I guess he fucking, Got a quick instance of Alzheimer's or dementia or something, forgetting that he did do such a thing, which allowed Callis to come into the ring and hand over um, a, a screwdriver to finally finish the match. I am, um, well, almost finished the match. Well, yeah, finished the match in any case, yeah. But still, I mean, come on. That's the only thing that really threw me off from here. But other than that, I thought this was a, a, a phenomenal match. I enjoyed it. I had a really, really good time. 
uh, both participants, even Omega. Yes, I'm even saying it. Even Kenny Omega. He wasn't his AEW Omega, in my opinion. I think he was more along with his New Japan style. And um, I, I, I really, really enjoyed this match. We then get the six-man tag with uh, uh, Los Tingonables, Los Tingonables uh, versus uh, uh, Suzuki. Uh, what was it they called them? Oh, Les Suzuki Gods. That's what it was. Uh, with Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki. The, for me, I pop because I'm such a big Naito fan. I, I, that's my guy. I, whatever, you could, whatever you say um, about who's your favorite New Japan guy, uh, straight up and down, um, Naito's my, my, my favorite uh, across the board. Uh, but here, unfortunately, everybody was already spent with what just happened with the Osprey on Omega match, and here it was just I, I this was not a um great presentation of my guy at all. Um, it it's just. Meh, it, it, this this match should have been far better than um, I would have liked it to be. Maybe maybe because of the placement on the card, maybe we could have moved it around somewhere else, and uh, maybe maybe it could have been uh, uh, before the Osprey match. Maybe, but to me, it it, it didn't it didn't do uh, Naito any any um, justice to be uh, display uh, put on display here. Uh, Darby, Sting, and uh, Naito get the win here. The um, Los Stingonables get the, the W here. And finally, the main event, we get Okada versus Danielson. And hair-standing moment, because, you know, there was rumblings already discussed a uh, day prior that the licensing for the final countdown was available. Uh, that was the theme music that uh, Brian Danielson used early on in his career. He used in Ring of Honor and such. And there were rumblings of whether or not that song would be used in his entrance. And sure enough, when it hit, everyone popped. Hair standing. I'm not going to lie. And my man came out. Yo, he looked ready to go, man. The outfit, the 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 um the hair especially with the braid and all that i was like yo danielson ready to get it popping <laughs> nah he looked really good it looked good it was it was a you could tell it was a real special moment for his entrance okada can uh comes out okada i've always liked okada but there's something about him that just i don't know it's i guess it's that clean cut um, his oh, it, oh, when you look at him physically, it doesn't look like he has any flaws on him. Uh, and that kind of bothers me, <laughs> I guess. But I like that he had on the black, the black, um, the black gimmick on. And um, true to form, this match was also an amazing match. And the submission win by Danielson uh, really, really um, 
was a shocker to me. I actually thought it wouldn't have hurt Danielson losing here, but Okada uh, uh, putting him over and giving him and getting and getting the win by submission was um, exceptional. These the, they they really really um, showcased themselves on uh, this night. Very a very very fun, uh, very um, tactical match. Another one of those that I could say that it's one for the ages that you should you should give it a look. It's a good view. But other than that, all in all, with Forbidden Door, I like I mentioned earlier, I went in. Um, with, it was a no judgment zone. I was like Planet Fitness, no judgment zone. I went in with, under the pre uh, the pretension um, that I'm just gonna sit and watch, and sure enough, I did, and it was a really really uh, fun night. They should be proud. Forbidden Door should be proud. So. That's my review of Forbidden Door 2023, and um, much more to come. Don't go anywhere, guys. Stick around. Talk to you guys in a second. Bring the in-ring action home to your tabletop with the number one wrestling card game in the world, Super Show the Game, and live all your wildest wrestling fantasies without ever taking a chair shot. Available on supershowthegame.com. Order today and join a spectacle so grand it can only be called the Super Show. This is the sexy saying Eric Jaden, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Tabloids, one of the top wrestling podcasts out there. Turnbuckle Tabloid cutting a promo. I hate to do these cutting a promos because it it seems as though that it becomes repetitious and uh, a a a constant reminder that we are yet out of the woods when it comes to the mishandlings of WWE mishandlings. You say. Well, everybody has been saying so far the product has been, if not good, it's been really good, right? We've all been saying that, you know, there has been an uptick, an upswing in creativity, story building, um, pushing of certain talents. The possibilities are endless, right? Then we hear of tales of the old man is back. Yeah, seems as though the, the the old codger himself, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, uh, can't seem to stay out the kitchen when real chefs are cooking. Uh, stories are um, flowing through the socials and through the dirts, saying that the old man, once again, is putting his thumb in the soup. And wanting to change the recipe right before it goes out to order. Um, Vince McMahon has uh, once again been, um, in most cases, not has has not been on the sites of the show, has not been in, in the arenas for the most part, but has been calling in uh, changes for the show. So much so that shows are being altered and changed uh, 30 minutes before going on air which once again frustrates everyone and frustrates the staff now mind you 
I know there's the old adage that, that there has been said for years before that, well, he pretty much runs it like if it's Saturday Night Live. Yeah, but Lauren Michaels even knows not to make fucking changes 30 minutes before the show starts. If that happens, that has to be something desperate to occur. The only thing that would ever happen if that did occur was that you would have to cut a, a, a skit. You're not going to sit there and change a whole match layout from six minutes to two because the old man wanted a uh, segment three spot to go five minutes longer. But this is what he does. Now, mind you, there have been some rumors. I, 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 you can take it as a grain of salt of which and what segments he has been involved in with, with changing. For instance, a past, uh, uh, about a couple of weeks ago, there was that, um, card subject to change where Seth was to have an open challenge and it turned to be that Finn attacked him. And they said that was a Vince change. That wasn't bad. I I actually thought that was a, a good move. I thought that was cool. But there's other things that are occurring that are just not flowing with the product and the shows. Stuff that's happening on SmackDown. Uh, other instances that are happening on Raw. And the talent, once again, are back to frustration mode. So much so that their hire of the highest of creative, Triple H himself, seems to n- not be happy as well. It's, it's, I thought about it in, in the numerous, um, levels I, I i thought about this as a talent i thought about this as a creative i thought this about this as a fan and i and i thought i think about this as someone who's just watching the wrestling um as a creative it boils you to uh mercury planet levels to have somebody approve whatever it is that you're doing and then in the last minute want to make changes that it's not reasonable or necessary that will take you out to another stratosphere of rage when you're trying to piece together put together a episodic show and it's 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 frustrating to the level because you you, you format this, you blueprint this, you storyboard this the way that you have for show for show. And of course, you're going to make tweaks and changes if that occurs. But when you're doing it up to the 30 minute mark, 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 the 30 minute mark, mark of showtime. You're basically just taking your storyboard and throwing it out the window and starting from scratch. As talent. You've already done run-throughs. You've already done uh, preparation. You've done all this and you can. And these are not trained professional actors. Yes, they're professional wrestlers. These are individuals who are trained to take bumps, make um, uh, facials, be prepared for, um, you know, maneuvers that, don't injure them. These are certain aspects of their 
criteria that does this. And yes, there is a level of acting that's, that's involved, a level of improv that occurs. But you are trying to make an uh, 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 individual who uh, who barely could even get out of drama one in high school become Lee Strasberg, Pacino, or De Niro. And not even they would tolerate changes of their script in the last minute. They were sitting there fucking trailing and said, I'm not coming out until you guys make a decision. You know, you're asking people to do improv and believe that they're going to be Bill Murray or uh, uh, Steve Martin or anybody who came out of the Second City or or the gr- the, the the groundlings who who could make improv changes in the last minute. You can only get a handful. You barely get people who cut promos properly. You're gonna you're gonna assume that these people are gonna be able to make changes in their dialogue and their promos or and even in their matches last second that's part of being a professional kid no that's bullshit that's you being a fucking puppet master and not being able to you know walk away when you should walk away go go take care of endeavor's business go and hang out somewhere else you know Think about the other people that have to make these changes as well. I'm thinking about also, you know, the lighting guys, camera guys, people in the truck who now had a a formulaic rundown of the show for said day. And now all of a sudden, because the old man wasn't happy with the position of how Seth Rollins is going to be placed for an upcoming Money in the Bank match. You could have done that a day or two ago. Hell, if you wanted to, you could have changed it that morning. But now you're you're pulling the trigger on it when it's about you know seven forty before the eight o'clock show. How do how do you expect your talent to progress and 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 be able to put themselves and other people over if you're making them have agita before the night even begins? We also get uh, the aspect of the fans. Now the fans really shouldn't be knowing so much. It is what it is these days. They know everything. They're on, they're on, they got their finger on the pulse for everything now. They have to be on the know. They have to know everything. And even then, you're turning off your fan base by knowing that the old chef in the kitchen who just can't retire and go to Bermuda and enjoy his time, you know, having sexual ex- escapades with the natives is continuing to come in and mess up the show. And then their mindset is, oh, that was a Vince move. That was a Vince move. And now you're second guessing everything that's occurring on the show because now their mind is thinking about was that a Vince move? I don't think I don't think Triple H would want that. Who 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 would allow that? Then lastly, like I said, I'm thinking of the novice or the newbie or the uh, wrestling fan who's just returning from being a fan prior and has now returned and doesn't know much about this. And that is the one that he's targeting. The small base of individuals that wouldn't know anything that don't know because I, I I looked at it in that I looked at it in that kind of in that expectation where I said if I didn't know any better I would probably just watch the show and be like hey this is just okay this is what it is and all uh, and you're probably piece by piece certain things were well that didn't make sense because for instance I not only was a wrestling viewer for many many years i had watched soap operas for for many many years don't ask me um but 
if you know Erica Kane is jumping out of plane and her parachute doesn't open over you know the the Bermuda Triangle, and all of a sudden she disappears, we never heard from her, and then a year later we find out she's been living in France with no explanation. Nobody, nobody even asked. Hey, Erica, how did you? How did you make it off that plane without having a parachute on? And how did you survive? And she just walks in and is like, oh, uh, greetings from Paris, everyone. And no one questions it. Everyone will go, what? But for a casual soap opera person who's coming back and they'll see Erica King coming back from Paris, they'll just be like, oh, okay. Hey, um, she looks good. She looks good. I am so dated. I am making such dated references on this segment. I'm talking about SCTV, Bill Murray, Erica Kane, and all my children. What? Jesus, I'm old as fuck. Any case, uh, for so for the 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 fan that doesn't really know much on the backside, they wouldn't know about any um any any storylines that are are canon or not um, addressed. No one would even, you know, bat an eye about it. But in this sense, we have the old man who just can't let go because, you know, it's about power. It's about, you know, showing that he's still in control. He's behind the throttle of things. And he just can't take the fact that while you were gone, things were getting better. Yeah, man. While you were gone, things were getting better. Was it perfect? No, it's never going to be perfect. Was it outstanding? No. But we saw flexibility and we saw some possibilities to where creative was giving the fans an option to embrace who they want to see on the come up. For instance, we're seeing now the the push for L.A. Night. Right now we're seeing a push for Judgment Day. These are opportunities that we probably would have not seen under the full uh, thumb of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. But this day and age, we are getting that possible look of who can be. And is there any star power behind or should this person be moved elsewhere or should this person be released? Before it was, you got a hot ticket, don't you? Know, and you like him? Guess what? We're gonna bury the fuck out of him. <laughs> Screw you! But now we have some semblance of understanding that when that certain wrestler doesn't go over that night, or a person that was booked and all of a sudden it became a card subject to change, or when that certain female is getting a little bit more TV time than others, we will then begin to question: Is that a Vince move? Thank you guys for participating in this week's episode. Make sure you check us out on all the social media outlets. Check us out on the like and group page on Facebook. Make sure you check us out on Instagram, at Turnbuckle Tab, as well as on Twitter, at Turnbuckle Tab. And make sure you check us out on TikTok, YouTube, and as well as on Twitch, on Turnbuckle Tabloid. Check out all the podcasting outlets, as well as RageWorksNetwork.com, and of course, RageWorks.net. Guys, I'm out. I'm still waiting for my AEW fight forever. Uh, just as always, every other game I would order from GameStop, it would come a day or two earlier 
But for this one, of course, no one ever be AEW. We are having problems and delays. Of course. It's this is my exploding deathmatch ring shit. So other than that, guys, I'm out of here. Gotta finish cooking dinner. And as always, leave you with this note. Summer's here. Make sure your pets are staying cool. Make sure your pets stay hydrated. Uh, if you have any loved ones who are older and uh, may need to be uh, under some con- uh, air conditioning or some, uh, get some outside activity going, make sure you check up on them, man. Their family and these weather, these, these temperatures could uh, reach catastrophic levels here. So um, make sure you check them out and make sure that they're all safe and well and healthy. All right, guys, I'm out of here. Love you. Check you guys later. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. Lloyd.